With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to this week's episode of the Spurs Show in association with William Hill, the official betting partner of Tottenham Hotspur. Wonderful lineup tonight, uh, making his second appearance on the show. And will it be likened to the difficult second album? Bass player, singer, poet, composer, Jar Wobble returns. How are you, Jar? I'm good. You missed out. I'm a lifestyle coach as well, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Feng Shui. I thought it was Feng Shui. Sorry. I got it wrong. Last time we chatted, Jar, it was about, about a month ago, you, 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 were, you were plugging your shirt, Ronnie Scott's, which obviously, yeah. that, when did that go away because of the lockdown? Um, yeah, I did lie to the band for for a whole day. I told them we had a special dispensation, but it was all hush hush, <laughs> and I kept that, which is just and, and I think they've slightly got resentment at me about it, which I do understand. I don't know why I do this stupid things, but I lied. It was a complete lie. Of course, we have it. I said it was a special <laughs> dispensation, and it was going to be like a very special VIP yeah. audience, and it's all going to be okay. Don't worry, just complete. Lie, but yeah, it's uh, gone, and I think in January. But uh, to be honest, I don't think anyone. We all only felt it was going to be. It was fifty-fifty. It would happen, you know. Yeah. All, you know, there'll, there'll be more lockdowns after this because we're muddling through, aren't we? We're no, muddling through. You know? We are. Well, let me introduce my other guest. My second guest, uh, I'm delighted to say, an absolute regular on this show, broadcaster and podcaster, publisher and author, and his new book. And if it's half as good as any of the others, it's a must-buy. He's overpaid, oversexed, and over there. <laughs> David Hepworth. How are you, David? I'm very well. That's not me. That. Uh, simply talking about British bands in America in the 60s and I know. 70s. I know. I thought I'd throw one in there. And I just heard your wonderful Life Goals interview with, with Theo Delaney of this parish. And that was uh, a, a joy to listen to as well. Oh, well, well so it, it was a joy to do, actually. It was, it was a joy great. to do. 
it was absolutely wonderful. So anyone out there hasn't listened to Theo's Life Goals, listen to all of them. Um, they're all brilliant. But the one with David about a month ago is, is tremendous. So thank you so much for coming on. And we will obviously talk about the new book later. And thirdly, and I, I, I'm embarrassed to say this, this gentleman has not been on the show, and he keeps telling me this, for a decade, a decade. <laughs> and this man, this man was part of the awful Spurs show football team that was thrashed by a Spurs legend team. I think in about 2010, Cliff Jones was our manager. And we were awful. I mean, really, really embarrassing. Members of the public were literally walking away. They didn't want to meet anyone. Anyway, he's an actor, singer, songwriter, and obviously part of the highly successful band blue anthony costa finally returns how, how are, you, are you mike how are you lads yeah i mean last time I'm i was on gareth well. bale was playing for spurs well that's why we got you back <laughs> i know <laughs> oh, it's, so, great. it's great to have I'm, you back on it, it, no it's good to be back on mate it's good to be exactly. back on thank you and, and 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 we all kind of meet tonight generally happy terms but before we start the show because uh, it, it's it's just broke now so it would be a miss not to mention it it's just been announced that greg clark chairman of the football association has resigned uh he's resigned he was talking to a select committee in parliament and he used the term colored players uh for mentioning black i mean i mean, I mean this i mean i think the current england team has at least what 50 percent black players and we have our chairman of the association still using terms like that. David, I mean, it, it beggars belief, these people, doesn't it? Uh, it beggars belief that that uh, some smart young person didn't take him in a room, first of all, and say, exactly. these are things <laughs> that you avoid saying, because it cannot be easy talking to a select committee at the best of times. Doing it remotely must be doubly hard, but there must be certain things that you just watch out for. You know, certain tripwires in this world, you know, and um, the costs of misspeaking have never been, uh, you know, as, as serious as they are now. So, you know, there are always old duffers who will say wrong things, but there ought to be whippersnappers whose jobs are to prevent them saying those things. Yeah, absolutely. Charles, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, he had to. I'm glad he resigned rather than being pushed. But I think David makes a very good point. I mean, obviously, it's a daft, stupid thing to say to start with. But it's 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 funny at this time where everything's supposed to be PR super slick. But mm -hmm. a lot of our institutions, including the government, have got terrible communications. Mm -hmm. You know, so, um, you know, people, you know, the, the opposition finds out what's happening via text from journalists and stuff, you know. So the, the, the basic building blocks aren't there. It was one of the problems that annoyed me with Tottenham for, for years was I felt the communications are really poor. And, mm. you know, I think they've, they've improved. They have. They really have improved. Although I don't yeah. remember any faux pas like this, I hasten to say, with Tottenham, you know, with this kind of thing. But they just they were just really out of date. And, you know, and, and, and now there's a bit of pizzazz and a bit of humour there with their with social media stuff, which is great. Yes. But, yes, David makes a good point. You would have thought some bright young millennial PR person would have said, right, do's and don'ts, yes. you know, before before going on air. But there you go. Yeah. I mean, Anthony, I mean, I mean, again, over the years, I remember they're all just old, grey-haired, white blokes. I remember but Miller Chip, Lionel Smart, I mean, Lord Treesman. Maybe now, finally, is the time they can go and get someone younger, someone who's maybe played the game professionally. How about that? That's That'd crazy talk. I mean, it's, I mean, but it's just, 
course it would be. I mean, it's there's so many great candidates out there uh, who mm. could bring something to it. I don't know why. I suppose it goes back to that sort of old boy club thing still, doesn't it? It's the Rotary it Club, isn't it? It's the Rotary Club all this year. Yeah, it does. Mm. And unfortunately, it's, it's horrible. It, it, you don't, you, you know, you, first of all, you don't say things like that at the best of, you know, never say that. You know, I, I'm in a band with, with a black guy and we've toured the world and, and you know, around we've been around the world in 80, uh, 80 days. You know what I mean? And we've toured up and down the country and around the world and, you know, places. And, and people still have that perception, you know, and, and it's wrong. You know what I'm saying? It's still, you can tell people, you know, it's, ha- it's horrible to see. They, they'll always stop Simon at, at, at an airport in, in a foreign country and things like that. And it's just, it's just wrong. It's just wrong. And, and, you know, it's good that he's resigned and, you know, get someone else in that's young, fresh and, you know, good, a, a whippersnapper, as we keep saying. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, look, Joe, jo, we're going to talk uh, tonight about the West Brom game, Ludigrets. Uh, and then in the second half, I got a lovely interview with Gary Mabbott I did uh, earlier this week, asking him about how football has differed with no crowds and also about Deli Alley. Firstly, Joe, I want to ask you, because I forgot to ask you on your last appearance, and I've always wanted to know this, when you were in Public Image Limited, which I think for a lot of music fans out there might have been the first time they they kind of seen your work you obviously working with john lydon who i know is a massive gooner how did that work day to day well first time he first time he met me i had me which was obviously well before all that started i had my tottenham scarf on the kingsway <laughs> college of further education so he always remembers me as a mickey taker with the tottenham <laughs> scarf he used to refer to that but and at those days his brother was a bit of a boy with the old arsenal mob that's when oh, they yeah. had a mob now they've got a literary kind of mob, haven't they, really? The literary, <laughs> the literary, the literary agent gang, you know. But um, uh, Jimmy, you know, he was a bit of a boy, and they were part of that little hardcore firm of geezers around Finsbury Park, around that estate there that, were, that formed a nucleus of that firm and yeah. his brother. So it was more his brother. And he, but he was a, he was an Arsenal fan, John, but he wasn't a home and away or anything like it, you know. Right. Um, but, yeah, there was obviously – so I was surrounded by gooners, well, we mm. didn't call gooners in them days. No, uh, you know, right. wasn't, it, was it, it wasn't a term that was used, but they were Arsenal fans. But, um, um, you know, I, 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 I'm a Tottenham man, and I so... I'm, was, you know, it was never it, a problem. Was it fervent you know? then? I mean, I know... We've all got, sadly, we've all got friends who are Arsenal fans and they're, they're friends to a certain level. I don't think you can ever be a true, true close friend with an Arsenal fan. Was there, I mean, this is sort of, um, the sort of 80s, late 70s, 80s. Was there, a, a, would you say the rival was bigger then or, or do you think it's got even worse over the years? Um, I think it's, uh, I mean, it's like the last time we spoke, I remember we talked about the West Ham rivalry which was always on the east side if you're a Tottenham fan out of East London then you had that was that big rivals really in a way and it's mm. become kind of nastier and nastier it was there was a thing where people could let it go back then there was a real rivalry but it was it was a fun side there was a kind of respect of the other club there and I think I think it's just got into a kind of Xerox copy of a Xerox copy of a Xerox copy of a Xerox mm. copy of mm. what football fans are about and football hooligans are about or something, what rivalries about. It's all, it's all a bit daft, you know? Um, I mean, I still like them to lose more than the other team. I took a huge joy in the Aston Villa game. I took a huge joy in Tierney getting, 
falling over the way did I? I've never seen anyone do that even at Sunday football I'm not saying the boy yeah. can't play he just obviously it was just terrible you know but the yeah. but the team you know I really don't like Chelsea obviously I have a real issue with Chelsea I played Chelsea and so I met all the governors there and we played in that big swish club underneath and the bloke there said hey I guess you've been here before to the stadium you're a football I said mate I've been slung out of here a few times <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know and I you know but um but yeah, yeah, I still really don't like them. But all this stuff, you know, you could kind of let it go now. It's this kind of bad-tempered, you know, kind of all, all these big fat white blokes doing it. Come and do you want some? And they've, they've got massive bellies and all that. And they, they, you know, come and do you want some? And it's like uh, it's it's horrible, you know. Yeah. So I stop it. Go back to your satellite town in Essex and behave, mm. you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's all it's yeah, all absolutely. it's all very removed from what it. And of course, it was a working class game, and I come out of the East End. It was all Dockers, and they were mainly in Millwall and West Ham. But you know, but everyone knew what every other team was about. In Arsenal, were a grim, dour team that won one nil and were always lucky. They were always <laughs> saved by the woodwork, <laughs> you know. And then they got reinvented. <laughs> Under, uh, you know, they were a team yeah. followed by fat publicans from North London. You know, that was, yeah. they were a bit grim Arsenal fans. You know, and I still find yeah. them a bit. There's that slightly that element. You know, Tottenham fans were swashbuckling and cosmopolitan. I've always used the analogy over the years. Um, growing up in the in the in the seventies, the Arsenal fan was always the weird kid in the playground who didn't have many friends, and you just kind of ignored. He had turned out to become yeah. a member of Parliament of the Conservative Party, but that was the kind of <laughs> that to me was the Arsenal fan. Very weird. But no, let's move forward. Uh, yeah. Since the last week's show, uh, thank you so much for the feedback from last week's show uh, with uh, Stephen Mangan, Phil Cornwall, and Paul Whitehouse. Uh, we've played West Brom. We've won. We've played Ludigrets. We won. And uh, David, I mean the West Brom game. I mean. Are you a Jose fan? What is going on? We're winning <laughs> ugly again. Clean uh, sheets. We're getting last-minute goals. This I isn't the Tottenham way. No, absolutely not. Uh, although, classically, at the end of the West Brom game, uh, Theo Delaney tweeted, you know, the thing that I always say at the end of a Tottenham game when we've hung on right at the end, he, always, he tweeted, never in doubt, which we should, <laughs> which we should, uh, I, we decided we should turn, turn that into Latin and put it on the on, on a T-shirt. That's the new t- Tottenham T-shirt. I mean, you know, all our, all our main major reflection on that game is is once again, God, thank God for Harry Kane. Yeah. Are we ever blessed with yeah. having such a remarkable player yeah. who can keep going in a game like that and never appears to be downhearted, never appears to let it get to him at all. He starts again every time. And even if it was 88 minutes, it's not gone right. It doesn't matter. It might happen. You know, it might happen in the next 30 seconds. And he just has that remarkable ability that they always say that uh, great athletes have, which is to concentrate but not to think. And, Mm, uh, you know, because if you think, you start doubting yourself. Whereas he just has that magic ability to be in the moment. And how he just got his head to that and the guy was leaning on him, you know. And, you know, we'd be looking at a very different world if that hadn't happened, you know. Because it's it's one of those things that we turn it into a story in the light of the score, don't we? It's chaos. All football matches are chaos. But they're turned into stories in the light of the score. And happily... 
the score went our way, but I, I can't help feeling sorry for West Brom, you know, because they miserable luck. You know, they had their chances. And uh, Larice kept us in it a couple of times, uh, but it, it went our way. And you know, in that sense, that thus far, I'm a Reno. I wouldn't say fan, but I'm you know, I, I'm behind him at the moment. I mean, Anthony, Dave, David's right. I thought West West West, Ham, West Brom played really, really well, and yeah. I think you've got to be a very, very sort of uh, well, type of Spurs fan to go. Oh, we absolutely deserve to win that. They had um, some good chances as well. Mm. And 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 I as I said, I thought they played really well. So much so that I think the three <clears> points, that was a huge three points for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, I get what the lads are saying. I'm a I'm a big Mourinho fan. Um we're second in the league. Um any other any other manager, unfortunately, we would have drawn that game or yeah. or lost that. Um mm-hmm. Mourinho's got us well drilled. I must give credit to Eric Dyer, who yes. seems to be coming into his own. Um, and yeah, and, and we we just we just show fight, and uh, you know that's what Mourinho does. He gets the results, and and uh, you know these are the games that we always look at at the end of the season. And go, we should have won there, or we yeah. should have played better there. You know, West Brom was always a one-all draw. You know, a Chris yes. Brown free kick that he won't <laughs> score again that season. That's that's Spurs, isn't it? You know, if you haven't yeah. scored all season, you're going to score against Spurs, like Manuel Lanzini. I mean, you know, the West Ham game, we, we absolutely polarised them, but come away with a point. The Newcastle game, we had, you know, 18, 19 shots on target. We come away with a point. These are the gritty games that we need to dig deep and dig and, and get the results because come after the lot, come after the international break, big, yes. big, big, big games are well, coming we're, up. We're, 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 we're come, we're yeah. come, we're come to you know what I mean? We're come, yeah. In we're come to question, those I love him. I yeah, love I mean, I mean John, it's interesting what Andy said there. You know, Jose even came out after the game and said, since the West Ham game, we've changed things. We've, we've, we've looked at things and changed things. Now, clearly what has changed, he's gone from the free-flowing football to something more pragmatic. We saw it against Brighton. We saw it against Burnley. We've seen it again against West Brom, whereby it was all about don't concede, don't concede, and they would go ahead and get that goal. And the fact that he made those substitutions, yeah. we had four players up front at the end. Vinicius came on. I thought that was the final chance, that low shot, great one-handed save, from the keeper, I thought was that. But whatever you think about Mourinho, he he rolled the dice there, didn't he? Well, I'm, I'm not so sure about. I saw those comments about are we not West Ham? West Ham wasn't like we were. West Ham had most of the ball even in that first half against us, yeah. and we tended to sit a bit deep. Um, I I'm glad Mourinho's there. I, as I said to you last time, I predicted two summers ago he'd get the job. Yeah. I wanted him there, and I thought he'd do a great job. I think he'll win us things. And the reason I say that is it's a, it's a it become a big club Tottenham, literally now with the stadium, the expectations. We haven't had what I felt was a really thorough manager that was able to really get control of the club, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and now there's a guy, and we needed a guy with gravitas and power, and we've got that now, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm glad, I'm happy with what he's doing. I think that what the, the problem with Tottenham giving up big leads is an old one. It's a, it's a psychological oh, hang-up. Like the first yeah, time yeah. I saw us do it was against Derby in 1973 in an FA Cup replay at White Hart. Five, five, we were leading 3-1 half-time. Yeah. We lost 5-3. Yeah. Davis Roger got a hat-trick. Davis hat-trick, yeah. 
uh, Man City at home in the FA Cup. Um, yeah. You know, there's been Man United at home in the mm-hmm. league with countless times, let alone last-minute goals. So he's changing that. And how you do it is you make it a habitual tendency not to do it. You know, I didn't think West Brom created too many chances, um, really, mm. to be fair. And I said on 80 minutes, once we get over 80 minutes, we're going to win this for sure with a last minute goal, because that's what league winning teams do. And oh, exactly. They think, you know, that's what exactly. league teams do. Exactly, uh, how many Charles. times have, have you seen Chelsea come to White Hart Lane and win exactly. the old Tottenham? Play them off the park, and Shevchenko smashes one in the top, yeah. co- top, top corner what about, with eight minutes yeah. to go. You know, yeah, you're right, mate. Yeah. You're absolutely right. We've been. This is what I'm saying. Sorry to cut you there, job, but you're absolutely no, right. You know, all, no. I used to, I used to hate as a Spurs fan play Mourinho's team, whether it was Chelsea or Man United. Chelsea, how many times do we outplay them? Have ninety percent mm-hmm. position, bang, mm-hmm. bang, bang, hit the post, and then they go and score in the last minute. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, you know, sorry, to, I don't know, you know, I'm. I haven't obviously been around in the 70s and obviously the 80s. I was, I was growing up. So the 90s for me was, was the pinnacle of being a Spurs fan. So I have been, I have, you know, I've been let down by Spurs many a time. But my point is, is what I'm saying is I'm reading a lot on social media about this isn't the Tottenham way. We, you know, we play free-flowing football. Well, I'm sorry. At the end of the day, I'd rather win 1-0 than draw 4 all all day long. We look at them three yeah, points. It depends what match you're playing as well. You know, a good, flexible team sits deep in one game, hits on, on the break. All this stuff yeah. about Mourinho is, is defensive. Well, pardon me, I saw exactly. a lot of games versus Chelsea where they, they camped in our half and took us apart. You know, yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea weren't a counter-attacking team, uh, particularly at, at Stamford Bridge all them years. You know, when they could attack and dominate a team, they would do. You know, mm-hmm. an intelligent you know, the team. Man... It's like you know, it's what they do. You know, yeah, David. David, where 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 do you where do you stand on Mourinho? I mean, obviously, obviously, when you when you when you moved to London, Tottenham became your team. Um, are you a Spurs fan that would be happy to take a sort of streaky 1-0 win now? Or do you want to still see the attacking games and the three-all draws? Where do you I'll, stand on this? I'll take anything because I think at the moment this is a very curious period we're going through at the moment. I mean, it still doesn't feel like football to me since it's since it's come back in, in this form. I think the interesting thing about the current side, it strikes me, is that classic Mourinho in the sense that everybody is kind of at the top of the game. He's not bringing anybody on, is he, particularly? He's got he's got street fighters. He's got people who've kind of been there, uh, who he can trust to do a job. And uh, so they're... Um, you know, they're more impressive than they were. And the fact that he can bring on those subs, you know, near the end, and they are good subs. You know, that there are goals in those subs. So, you know, it's a, it's a stronger outfit. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, why why wouldn't I be behind a stronger Spurs? I am. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, look, guys, I'm let's go to... Let's go. I'm worried about the midfield. The midfield, sure. I feel, we're a bit weak there. You know, a little bit, Charlie. Yeah. No, it's That's okay. No, no, it's fine. I mean, the midfield. I, I, what do you all think about Lacelso? I know he's been injured and coming on and off and all that. Great I know he player, he scored against Ludogorets. Do you, you think so? You need him as you need him more as the team. You need him. Yeah. You need him you uh, probing and pushing around the D. 
and he'll yeah, put a shift in, he'll come back and put his foot in, and, and, and he'll ta- tactically, all these Argentinian players are smart. They've all got a little bit of shit house about them, which yes. I love. Lamella, yes. especially. He might be a shit house, he's our shit house, and I love it, yeah. you know. They've all got that about them. But this, we had this, there was this guy, Sangari, I think, at Toulouse, I thought we might go for. Mm. We, we're lacking somebody who can cover for Holberg or, or play with. Um, Holberg, you know, in that middle of the defense, just setting the tempo, yeah. you know, sitting. Sissoko's good, but he's not. He's not great no. on the ball, you know. No, no. So that worries me, and we at times we're overrun. Like the problem against West Ham, apart from the psychological aspects, we didn't have anybody who could just control the tempo, keep hold of the ball. If Lo Celso or Lamella's in that team against West Ham, we don't we don't give up the two points. Mm. I just tell you, mm. we keep yeah. the ball. And you, you keep the ball, and you and you and you and you and you and you earn little fouls off of them. You you, you earn fouls. You play for fouls. And you, exactly you break the tempo up. Exactly, mm. mate. We've been, as, as Mourinho has said many times, we've been too nice. He goes, when I was Man United yeah. manager, I I beat Spurs in the first minute because he didn't have mentality. Why can't we be, you know, what, what, as Jar said, shit houses? Why can't we like have a little niggle, fall on the floor? That's what that's what they that's what winners do. That's why so many teams are hated because they do things like that and frustrate other teams. Why can't yeah. Spurs do that? Right. Why, why can't, you, right you can't beat them, join yeah. them. Yeah. Guys, nice, yeah. guys nice. we've got to go to a break now. Let's uh, go to a break. <laughs> and when we come back, when we come back, we'll, we'll, we'll briefly discuss Lulu Gretz and then we'll talk about uh, what's happening uh, after the international break. After uh, We'll be back after this quick break. Don't forget, for additional premium Spurs show content, including a daily Spurs new show, which is now in vision. We've gone to the modern age in video, match reports, interviews with ex-players and much more. Go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Next week, we've got Simon Lipson, Paul Coit, the voice of Spurs, and Nihal Nihal Afnaika uh, with us uh, next week. Uh, Obviously, we've got all these ridiculous international games coming up. And as you know, this season was supported by William Hill, who will be giving us lots of specials and giveaways. They've very kindly come come into this now with an international special bet. Kane and Bale, both to score in the next games. Uh, Nine to two. It was three to one. Nine to two to score for Wales and England, respectively. Kane and Bale, uh, just to remind you, England are playing Republic of Ireland uh, in in, in a friendly, and Wales play USA. Very, very good chance of Kane and Bale being on the score sheet, 9-2. Just go to williamhill.com or just go and download download the William Hill app. And courtesy of William Hill, they set up a lovely little interview with Gary Mabbott during the week. Uh, I chatted to Gary about uh, Delhi Alley, and also the strange start to the season. So let's listen to Gary Mabbott now. The first question really is the current way that Jose is setting up the side uh, in most matches, coupled with uh, his dip in form, means that Delhi is currently on the sidelines. Now, us fans know what a big influence Delhi Ali can be in the side. He's been there. He's done it. If you had Delhi's ear, let's say you were his agent or close friend, what would you be saying to him because no player likes to be kept on the sidelines and he could be possibly considering his future if things continue in this way well Mike I'm a massive Deli Ali fan mm. um, you know obviously I've seen him growing statues he his arrival at Spurs but Mike I mean I mean Spurs have been part of my family now for the last 38 years 
Mm. And yeah, you know, in my playing days, I saw so many players come in, you know, dips in form, then suddenly, you know, they will grow in stature again. And it happens to players. Mm. And, you know, I think people have to, you know, certainly like Delhi, have to look back at, you know, just take Harry Kane. When he was coming through at Spurs, you know, he was, he was coming through. People weren't sure if he'd make it into the first team. It was, we'll go out on loan, come back in, play in the Europa League, wouldn't work, back out on loan, back in, a League Cup game, wouldn't work, back out on loan. And finally, you know, he made it. And he's made it to the you know, captain of his club and country at times. And you know, for other players, they have to look at that and to see you know, what's, you know, what's happening now. And the thing at Spurs, we've got so many quality players now at the squad. The competition for places is immense. No matter who you are, whether it's Gareth Bale, Harry Kane, Hugo Lloris or Delhi, you are competing for a place in that side. And you've got to mm. be the one. And I'm being honest, Mike, in football, you have a squad of 28 quality players. There's only 11 happy players every week. <laughs> they are the 11 that are being picked for the next game. And you've got yeah. to make sure that your name is first on that team sheet. And mm. there'll be times whereby you have a dip in form and suddenly you've you, you got to fight your way back. And everything there, the intensity to get back into the frame is what the only thing you can be thinking about. Mm. And I feel that Deli Ali can be you know, one of the best midfielders we've seen. He's got the potential. He's got the ability. Um, and there are other things that maybe have to be adjusted and worked on. I'm sure that Jose is very aware of that. I'm sure he's working on that. And for me, working together to try and make him one of the best midfielders in the country, you know, in Europe, he's got that talent. Mm. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, hopefully they'll be relishing the opportunity for Delhi to fight to get back in the team and Jose to work with him to get him back in the team. Where do you think Delhi plays best? Uh, because the way Jose sets up the kind of, you know, more uh, sun, you know, that, that kind of, you know, you know going along, along the midfield. Where, I mean, I always thought he was best sort of just behind uh, Harry Kane. And maybe th- that's not the way Jose's doing things, is it? Well, no, but again, things change all the time, Mike. I mean, that number 10 position. Yes, I agree. Probably De- Deli Ali in that position, uh, you know, could make things happen. Great awareness. Um, but the game changes all the time. I don't believe in formations. You know, you believe in, mm-hmm. you know, there's only a handful of things you could do on the field, Mike. Uh, yeah. You know, people talk about all this punditry about, oh, well, 4-3-3. And play, you know, there's only a handful of things you can do. Play 4-2-4, 4-3-3, you know, play a deep game, counter-attacking game, high-pressing game. But it's only so much. What it's all about is getting a quality squad of players together. There's a manager, man managing every single one of those players. You get the best out of every single player. You add all of that together and you make a team. You've got a squad capable of winning things. Mm. That's what it's all about. And for me, I think... Uh, there are times whereby we always get too caught up in, well, tactics and was he playing there? You know, we've seen f- coming from nowhere, Harry Kane dropping into the number 10 role, dropping into the middle midfield role to receive balls, to then set up Son for his goals against Southampton. Mm. You know, we see players, players know the game. If you've got quality players, they can play the game. They have to be told, they don't be told what to do. Yes, they, they know the team for, format, the team frame, how we're basically going to set up. Once on the field of play, it's down to them to make the, it work and to make the team work on the field of play, working together to get that result. 
That's what it's there's, all about. There still must be a frustration. I mean, you had it near the end of your career with, with Christian Gross, for example, when there was times when, bizarrely, he preferred Ramon Vega to you. If you think you're ready and you think you're actually in form but not getting that game time, and you go to your manager and go, look, and he turns around and goes, oh, sorry, that's my decision, it still must be very, very frustrating for a player. And nowadays, with so many advisors and agents and, you know, big money deals in the offing, it... it it's still a concern for fans that he might think, you know what, I'm off, I must go on loan or, or, or go somewhere else. Yes, the game as it is, Mike, you know, that, that's, that can happen. Uh, we've seen it happen numerous times within the game, you know, in, in recent days and uh, even in the last decade with players, you know, choosing to you know, maybe go on to, they believe, uh, different pastures. Um, but no, it, what I want to do, if I'm a manager, Mike, is to keep every single player that I've got in the best of form within my club. Mm. And I never get the idea unless a player comes to me and says, look, I actually want to go. I've had enough here. That's not the case with Delhi. You know, Delhi wants to be a top player. And Jose is a manager that's capable of making him a top player. And as I say, I'm sure that what you're saying is uh, absolutely right. I don't think that's what's happening behind the scenes. I think a lot of work is going on between the two of them to make things happen, to pull things together and to get the best out of Delhi Alley because Jose wants it for his team. Delhi wants it for himself and for the team. So putting all of that together, I'm sure that, uh, you know, things will be put in place that can make it happen. And, you know, I hate to see players go. I don't like to see players. But until when I was there, my whole time of playing at the club, until a player said to me, Gary, I want to lead this club. Mm. And I had it on probably a, a number of occasions uh, during my time at the club uh, when I was captain. Uh, then as a captain, I would deal with that. Mm. Uh, but until a player says that, they're in my squad, they're in my players, and they're players that I want performing at their highest level. Like exactly what every single manager wants. He'll be doing everything that he possibly can to the best out of every single player. Cool. One more quick question. Um, with the continuation of no fans in the stadium, looks to continue, and at the beginning of the season, some wildly fluctuating results in the Premier League. Do you think some pros actually prefer playing in front of no fans? So then maybe they don't get dog's abuse from certain sections of the fans. They might have freedom to try things they might not try if they're, you know, behind the United end or whatever. Have you ever come across players that you actually think play better in training and training kind of setups than in front of 50,000 people? Well, again, Mike, it's a very good question, uh, but yeah, it's always been in the past. Players that are fantastic in training mm. and will have a right during my time at Spurs. And, you know, obviously, my time since playing as a global club ambassador, players will come in and you say, wow, this player is expected to, mm. to do this. And they come in on the training field, you stand there and you go, wow, what ability he has got, what potential. Mm. Then when the pressures are added, the expectations are added, he walks out in front of 50,000 people, he can't do it. Mm. Um, and it happens in the game. Uh, but I still feel that for myself personally, it's very, very difficult times for players to be in. Mm. We're in the entertainment industry. We go out every single game to entertain our crowd, to win games for our supporters. You know, they create the passion, the intensity that it puts inside of you, gets your adrenaline, gets you buzzing on the field to make things happen. You know, I never watch games on TV. I, I don't like watching them at the moment. Uh, mm. I don't watch it with the uh, the noise in the background uh, of the fans because <laughs> they, they cheer when no one's cheering and going on. And You like uh, to hear uh, the swearing uh, on the pitch. <laughs> exactly. So I, I hear it as it is. Yeah. But it is. It's like a training ground. Yeah. And for players to create that passion and intensity, 
is extremely difficult. Mm, uh, and you're finding that with all the erratic performances from teams, erratic results, and it's strange times and strange things can happen. And I think mm. anybody's got a chance of actually staking a claim for winning the title. Any of those teams in the top half of the table mm. have still got the opportunity to seize that chance. And we're one of those teams. We've got a mm. great squad of players. I think it's all coming together. Pieces falling into place. When we're playing, we're playing great recently. We obliterate Manchester United. When we're not playing great. Burnley, Brighton, we didn't play particularly well, but we won those games. We grinded out results. We got 1-0 or 2-1 victories, winning by the odd goal, and we fought for that, you know, to win that game. That do, you think we missed, do you think we missed that 12th man, the fans? I mean, I oh know, the West Ham game, 3-0 up. Do you think with 60,000 Spurs fans there, we would have let those three goals slip? Well... I can't say no, Mike, because as a player and as a supporter, we could be 3 0 up with like five minutes to go, and I'm still nervous. Um, <laughs> it's up with a minute to go, I'm still nervous. No, but it happens. Yeah? And yeah. again, um, games can change very quickly. Yeah? Yes, I think that what is proven is football is just not football as we know it mm-hmm. without the fans in the stadiums. And it's not great. It's not great for any of the staff, the players, but anybody playing the way we are. It has to be done as it is. Um, but as I said, I think at Spurs, at the end of last season, and uh, you know, we took to playing without you know, fans better than most at the end of last season. And if we can get that mm. uh, mentality instilled in us, you know, as I say, I'm very optimistic about uh, you know, the club's opportunities this year. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Gary, thank you so much for your time uh, on the Spurs show. Uh, if we don't speak to you before, have a great Christmas. I was going to say great break, but we're all on ex- some bizarre <laughs> extended break. Um, and hopefully we'll, we'll see you again in person soon. Brilliant, Mike. Always a pleasure, Mike. Take care. And that's Gary Mabbott. Thank you very much again for William Hill for sorting that out. Um, Jar, are you a big fan of international football? Where do you stand on this particular game I, in I November? I'll to you very briefly. I was brought up a Catholic. I was an altar boy. My old man's brother was a priest. So I'm really conversant with the our concept of purgatory. It's not hell. <laughs> it's purgatory. <laughs> so I've got two weeks of purgatory and then I get my Tottenham back. I can't stand this, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Maybe I should be more patriotic. But no, you're I'm not, right. I'm not saying right. I hate international football, but I, I, I don't think anyone wants this. No. It's like quite interrupters every few weeks. Yeah. And it's about yeah. something, some other agenda to make more money somehow or something. I don't know. Yeah. David, what, where, yeah. where do you stand on it? Because I understand that, I mean, I'm not a big fan of this Nations League, but okay. But amongst the Nations League, we've got a friendly as well. Is and, it, are you, are you, and a friendly in front of nobody. Presumably, yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, for God's sake, what you know? Seventy-five percent of the value of football is the crowd. You take yeah. that away, you have got a valueless game. You know, which which broadcasters will be desperately trying to get as excited about. I can't be excited. I'm, I'm afraid. Yeah, because I mean, I don't know. I don't know what um, Sky and ITV paid the FA. Uh, certainly for friendlies, to, 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 but I mean, again, I mean, the very fact that England play in Ireland, that would be a great game to go to. A lot of crack, a lot of drinking with the Irish pals, whatever. You know, you can see that's a night out. But as you said, but well, there's no one there, Anthony. W- mm. What is the point in these friends? There's no point. No, you're right, Mike. There's no point. And, you know, I, I'm with the lads. You know, I think it's just, I just think it's a waste of time. You know, Spurs are on a roll at the moment and then we're going to, you know, lose that two weeks. We've got to wait. 
and then we've got to build ourselves up for the next Premier League game. It's just, it's just, I think it's just a waste of time at the moment, especially as, mm-hmm. you know, there's no crowds. You know, I mean, the, the good, the good news, the, <laughs> the good news, everyone, is uh, Pierre Emil Holbier. Um, who obviously going to play for Denmark. Now, I don't know if you read in the paper, there's been a new COVID strain in Denmark through Minx. Den- Denmark oh, yes. are the biggest exporter of Minx, uh, selling Minx and Minx coats to China. Uh, but luckily, Holbier is missing the first friendly game. Uh, he's suspended for their first Nation Leagues game. And then their game against Belgium is away. So he's going direct to Belgium. So he doesn't have to set foot in Denmark, which means you can't pick up a knock up uh, a knock off uh, mint coat for knockdown <laughs> prices. But there we go. Uh, Stephen Bergwine today uh, pulled out of the Holland squad. He travelled uh, to Amsterdam to join up with the Holland squad. They then went, oh no, you're not very fit. You've got a bit of a groin problem, which all Spurs fans knew because he wasn't even in the squad against West Brom. These these trips are just mindless and pointless and we all hope and pray that harry kane hugo Lloris, all these players um are wrapped in cotton wool and come back because let's talk about the games coming up jar when we get back from this international break i'm just going to read out the games up to this is this is effectively every sunday every sunday every thursday man city at home Ludogrets home, Chelsea away, LASK away, Arsenal home, Antwerp home, Palace away, Liverpool away, Leicester home, Stoke away, Wolves away, Fulham at home. Brings us up to the end of the year. I mean, those are some tough games, eh? Oh, it's going to be very, very hard. Up to now, we've not really played anyone. Correct. We played Man United. United, yeah. Man United away, you know, and that was it. And we come through that really well. What can you say? This is a game at a time. Players like Winks are going to have to really step up and start getting better in it because, mm, they, yeah. you know, the squad that we've got a much better bench than we've had for years, to be uh, admittedly. But as I said earlier, I think we're lacking in midfield and one or two of these players need to really come. Lamella, you know, you're going to, you're always going to get 100% off of him. Winks, something's not quite right. I don't think because he doesn't try. I'm wondering if he, he, he might be a typical neat and tidy academy player that everyone convinces themselves is better than what he is. I hope not. Yeah, I, I remember don't when know. he came he on against City. He had some great City. games. I think, City, I think he's not playing regularly. Yeah, when he yeah. came on against City at Wembley, do you remember as a sub mm. and even Guardiola picked up on him? But mm. he was able to kind of push forward and be more yes. of an attacking player with Posh. Yeah. He's being asked to do a more disciplined thing here with Mourinho, mm. and I'm not sure he's got his head round it yet, you know. Mm. But he's an important guy because who else have we got who can pass the ball and, you know, uh, like that? You know, so he's important. The certain players, if we're going to come through this a game at a time, beating these teams and getting results certain players have got to start stepping up to the plate consistently now, you know. Dave, you can't have softly defending like with Sanchez against West Ham, you know, yeah. balls coming mm-hmm. in. Well, I'll just flick me edit it, hopefully, it'll, you know, you know, and he does a lovely near post bullet header, you know. I mean, you can't you can't be having it. Got to be, everyone's got to be really focused and really serious. But there's a, a leader that can, can portray, because I tell you what, 
none of those teams are going to be wanting to face us, mm. you know? No. You know, they're really not, exactly. you know? So, let Arsenal are under the cosh now. He's under the cosh pressure-wise, Arteta. Suddenly, it's all there. But it, it, I, I can't wait for these guys. I wish we could just steam straight into playing these games now, you know? Charlie, let's, let's take the, first, the next three league games. Let, let's not talk about Europa League just now. Man City home, Chelsea away, Arsenal home. How many points do you think we'll get there? Me? Um, uh, I like yeah, jar, yeah. Seven, seven points. You'll settle. Oh, I'll take that. I'll tell you that, David. Bullish, David, bullish, what do you think? Bullish. we've got Man City home, Chelsea away, who are playing well at the moment. Arsenal at home, always well, a tough game. I'm I saying, mean, would you, I mean, you take seven points. I'd you? certainly take seven. I would say home and away doesn't make any difference at the moment. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, in, in saying that, when we, with that in mind, Anthony, you mm. could. I mean, Man City. Last season, famously, we were awful. We had no possession. Stephen Bergwijn's uh, debut. We, we ran out winners. It was tremendous. They had a player sent off. Uh, Chelsea away. We still struggled at Stamford Bridge. Arsenal we beat last season at home. But do you think we'll kind of know where we might end up at the end of the season after those three particular games? I think so. I think these are the games that Mourinho will thrive on, and he'll yeah. get the players gene up. Um, and, and as and as the lad said, you know we've got we've had the best bench that I can remember for a good few years. So, you know it's time it's time now to to, to do what Mourinho does best: rotate the players and get some consistency under our belts. You know we are Spurs. Let, let's not get it twisted. We are going to lose. We are going to lose games. We're never going to go a season unbeaten. That's fine. We can deal with that. <laughs> But as long as we go out there and go toe-to-toe with these teams and give it our best, because I, I'm just, I can't wait. I just can't wait. I, David, I, David I, I watched the, I don't know if you watched the Man City-Liverpool game. I wasn't that impressed by either side, to be quite honest. I didn't watch that game thinking, oh, we've got no chance against either of these teams. No, I, I think that's certainly true. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's undoubtedly... Well, Man City, we're at home, aren't we? Is that right? I think Correct, think, yes. yes. Uh, but Liverpool was away, is it? I mean, Correct. you know, if yeah. you were talking about going to a crowd at Anfield, it, there's a different there's a different factor mm. work there, isn't there? You know, that kind of uh, that kind of history really matters. And it, uh, it takes them over the line a lot of the time. But, you know, so... I, 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 people's reputations matter less, it seems to me, in this in this strange world that we're in. You know, this this rather artificial situation at the moment, and so I, I don't think I don't, I'm sure the team will will take to the, the you know will take to the field confident that they can they can you know they can beat anybody really. Whether they're doing consistently all the time is a different story. Yeah. But I think Jar's point about certain players are just have you've got to feel at any time that there are a few players in the team who are just getting significantly better mm. week in, week out. And I would feel better if I saw a bit more of that going forward. Yeah. But Fair enough. Uh, Char, I mean, I, I, again, we've been talking about so many different things tonight. I haven't even talked about Ludogrets away yet in the week. Obviously, we won. Kane uh, got his 200th goal for Tottenham. Uh, Lucas Moore scored Lo Celso. It, it was, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm too young to remember playing for Tottenham anyway. Jimmy Greaves, Bobby Smith. I, I saw the tail end of Martin Chivers' career. Uh, Martin Chivers has been on the show many times. He's on next month as well. But for Kane now to sit third place and let's face it he will absolutely get at least 
second place. Uh, Greaves, as you know, 266 uh, goals for Tottenham. Mm. Um, do, do you want Harry to get it? Do you think he'll get that yeah, record? Yeah, absolutely. For Tottenham? I think, and I think he's a really, he's a really nice person. He's a good yes. guy, and and he's surprising everybody because he's going on. He's absolute world class. He's he's probably the best number 10 in the country, you know, at the yeah. moment, you know, um, it's incredible. It looks like he's a pretty good defender. His clearance is off the line. Yeah. He's tackling back in the way Rooney did in his heyday. So he's a 10 out of 10 player. He's got everything. And I hope he, I hope he gets it. You know, mm. uh, Martin Chivers used to take corners when we were losing yes. and things were getting desperate. He used to take daisy cutter corners. Chivers. Did you know that? <laughs> and you the know. famous so blows. He, I remember the famous Chivers. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He got really involved. You know. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I hope Kane does it. I think he's incredible. I really like Son as well. Son's, you know, needs to do just a little bit more to become truly, truly world-class, but he's right up there. I mean, Liverpool would love to have a Son in it. Love to have Son in their team, I tell you. City would love to have Son right now, you know. He's that good. He could play at the top. But he's just got to... And of course, when you've got an example like Kane, you will push on. But but Kane and Son are getting into that rarefied air that you had with that forward line of Barcelona with Neymar, you know, and Messi, and and, and, mm. and, and who's the other guy? The, the ex-Liverpool guy. Um, Suarez. 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 Suarez, yeah. you know. They're getting up into that area, you know, where... Uh, they, they're kind of verge on unplayable mm. at times so they're attacking play and with Bell there as he as he gets fully fit it's really gonna really gonna happen you know absolutely absolutely I mean the ludicrous game if you remember the week the week before we'd lost really badly at Antwerp and you talked about mm. Jose preferring the shit house and getting a rock out of them I, I thought against uh, again a, a surprisingly very limited side I thought we did enough uh, in Bulgaria and even with the squat scare when they got one goal back we pretty much went down the other end and scored it was a, a professional yeah. performance wasn't it over there it was it was it was a, a Mourinho performance, you know. Just just try to keep it compact. Um, you know, again, you know, we talk about squad rotation. You had to put out the big guns mm. just to, you know, go and get the win because maybe you know sometimes he doesn't really trust the players that played against Antwerp the other week. You could tell that in his in his post match. So, you know, these people do need a rocket out there out their arse, and, and it's nice that Mourinho comes out and says that because. He says it how it is, and he says what we all say as well, sitting there watching it with, with our, you know, with, with our families and that. So, listen, I, I'm I'm all for it. You know, just get the wins. Doesn't how, doesn't matter how it goes in, as long as it goes in, and we walk away three points. Just just get the job done because I, you know, no, in the past. God, David. I've got one question to ask about the Ludogorets game, which had the the blessing of no uh, no crowd noise on the uh, on the yes. broadcast, yes. so you could yes. hear an English accented voice from the touchline yes. going uh, giving defensive instructions all the time. Lucas, go to the ball, go to the ball. Who was that? Was that Ledley King? I think it might have been Ledley. Yeah. It could yeah, be Ledley. Ledley, who's obviously been drilling the defence. Ledley was certainly on the bench that game, and I think he's made The loudest voice I heard was an English accent, so yeah. I can only assume it probably was him. Deadly. It's probably <laughs> Ledley, absolutely. And uh, as we yeah. talked about at the top of the show, Dyer uh, certainly played really, really well at, at the weekend. David, I've, I've got to ask you, because it's six weeks till Christmas, I'm a massive, massive fan 
of your books. Uh, tell everyone out there what He's Overpaid, Over Sex and Over There is all about. It's about the British invasion of the United States uh, that started with the Beatles in in 1964, right through to what's called the second British invasion, which took place with kind of Culture Club and Duran Duran and all that stuff right. in, in, the, in the middle 80s. So uh, overpaid, oversexed and over there. It's uh, a rollicking good read, though I say it myself, Mike, and highly <laughs> recommend it that people uh, should buy it for their loved ones for Christmas. Or buy it for yourself. I mean, I'd love to I was one of the invaders. I was there over go. there at that time. Yeah, it was great, great days. Yeah. Really? What were your what were your members of Jar going over to the States for the very first time? Um oh, I mean <laughs> it, it, New York at that time was the centre of the universe. Mm. You know, sp specifically, and I loved it. I loved America. I've had great fun there over the years, Planet. It's changed, hasn't it? My God, you know, who would have thought all this would have happened with Trump and everything? But, uh, yeah, we had we had great times. Everyone wanted to tour America. You always lost money at the end of every tour somehow. I think, I think but, a lot of people kind of, because times. of the vastness of America, you know, a lot of bands, again, just we just had the US election and I was glued to CNN and you sort of see, you know, all the states and how big it is. I think that I'm imagining, David, that must have been the problem. Just a physicality of touring uh, and getting to enough places and getting yeah. seen by music fans to make it. There was so much well, travelling. I, I think also what happened was loads of British bands went uh, because they all wanted to go because they ordered them making it in America and can't all make it in America. Clearly not. And what very often happened, I don't know if Jar bear this out, was that they went and played New York and they'd get all the kind of glitterati would turn out and get lots of press attention. And then they'd drive up New York State for, for like four hours and nobody had heard of them at all, you know, because, you know, these are New York and Los Angeles. These are islands off the coast of America. You know, the heartland of America is a very, very different thing. Very different, uh, a very different thing. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and they, you know, if you look at the bands who really utterly conquered America, the classic case of the who and the who just toured and toured and toured and toured, you know, there wasn't a year that they didn't go back to America. So America never forgot about them. Lots of other people had a, had a brief experience in America and then sort of turned their back on it and they decided mm -hmm. to go back to Europe. So it kind of takes a, a lot of staying power to make it in America, I think. It certainly did in those days. And I'm assuming a lot of, lot of money. Now, now, by the way, it's it's $12,000 the last time I paid for the work visa for three years there, $12,000 up front. That's before your wow. airfares. Yeah, so It's yeah. becoming a very expensive business, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, we digress slightly, but uh, go and get uh, David's new book, Overpaid. He's overpaid, over Sexton, over there. He, all his books are a rollicking read, and I recommend that one. Gentlemen, look, thank you so much. We're running out of time uh, tonight. Uh, thank you so much again, Jar and David and Anthony. Lovely to have you back. Uh, as I said, we'll be back next week with Nihal, Anthony, Paul Coit, the voice of Tottenham and uh, Simon Lipson returns as well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for downloading us. Until next week, come on you Spurs. Yeah. Come on you Spurs. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. This is a playback media production. 
Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.